Namaste and welcome to the Spiritual Alignment Podcast. This is your co-host Shakti and with me we have... You have Mitesh Kapadia here as your co-host. Together we are not only co-hosts but are also the co-founders of Spiritual Alignment Brand. Our intention with this podcast is to bring forward a spiritual perspective, a more aligned perspective that can be applied in day-to-day situations. And today we are presenting a brand new podcast episode, which is Maximizing the Power of Your Mind. So Matesh, talk to us. What do you mean by maximizing the power of your mind? What is that message you have for the world? Well, really today it starts with In order to maximize the power of your mind, it comes down to this one thing, which is developing a relationship with your mind, and that brings you into your power. So just imagine you being able to hear all the different voices that go on in your head. And you might think it's just one voice, but if you tune in, you'll start to see that there are so many different types of voices and they have different purposes and different reasons for why they they show up or why they want to be heard. And so today, the whole purpose here is to look at some of these voices and simply share, hey, this is how you can distinguish one over the other and why one shows up versus the other so that when you tune in, you can tap into this understanding of of how your mind works and then make better decisions, be able to stick behind your ideas, your thoughts with conviction and really show up in a way that you co-create rather than letting parts of you take over, which can lead to unwanted circumstances. This is sounding really interesting, Mitesh. But I'm confused by one thing. What do you mean by mind? Like developing a relationship with your mind? Because, I mean, mind is part of our body. Um, and when I, when you talk to me, I feel like I'm, you're talking to my whole body. But you're like, now, how do I fragment and zone into this one part of mind? And how do I start to develop this relationship and... Yeah, like in totality, in fragmentation, talk to us a little bit more about this relationship that you talk about. Yeah, and unlike the body, which is something that you can touch and feel and see in the mirror, the mind is not something that's as easy to or or tangible enough that you can touch with your with your hands. So you have to use your your senses, your inner senses and your inner abilities to, to tap into that. And I, I come from this, from the yogic perspective, where it's broken down, the mind, the whole mind as one entity is broken down into four different parts. The first is the, the logical mind, which is the part of you that is really designed to take instruction, to put action out into the world. So this logical mind, what it does is that it hears something or it has an instruction that it sees and then it goes and implements that into the physical world. Then there is the 
in the yogic terms is called chitta, or which also are called the impressions or what I'll call memories that we have. And that's like a storage place for your mind, uh, your total mind, which I'll call. And this is really the storage of your memories, your past experiences, things that you've, you've kind of filed away in almost consider it your hard drive of, of your mind or your brain. And aside from the logical mind and this database that you have, there's also two more parts. And one part is the ego. And this ego part of you, or a part of all of us, according to the yogic terms, is the part of us that really gets driven by protection or putting or holding together this identity that we have of ourselves as Mithashkapadya, as Shakti Sharma, or whoever. The ego is really that part of you that holds everything together. And with that, it serves as this protective mechanism. Whatever is there to destroy this identity, whatever is there to harm this identity, the ego jumps right in and says, no, we cannot have this identity disintegrate. And so that's where the ego, the, the purpose of the ego is. And then the final part we have is, in yogic terms, it's called buddhi. And it's hard to define it in English, in a way, but it's as close as I can say the intellect or that discerning power that you have of being able to see something, experience something, and as a result, take the best decision forward. Wow, so so many layers and different levels of information that our mind holds as one container. And um, what I love about this, Matesh, is how beautifully you brought forward that yogic perspective. Tell us a little bit about your experience with yoga. And, you know, I'm just curious why, what inspired you to bring this wisdom out here today? Yeah, I mean, just look around, all of us. We, we are struggling, and, and not everyone is struggling, but, you know, for most parts when I see, I see folks you know, a, a lot of, of stuff around mental health is going on these days. A lot of stuff of how do you manage your internal mechanism? How do you manage your ability to act in this world? And even sometimes I, I've just recently saw somewhere that, you know, you, the, you have to kill the ego in, in order to, to survive in the world. And I don't necessarily agree with that term because it's not something to, meant to be killed. It's something that is definitely helpful, but you know, it, it's something that I feel like there's a lot of confusion around the different parts of the mind and how we can best maximize this relationship that we have with it. And by doing so, it puts you into your power. And I'll say this is that you, me or anybody is not the mind. So all of those four parts, that's, those are tools that you have for you. But ultimately, you come from a perspective of being the witness. So you're still in the background, like the CEO here, where you're seeing these different components. And that's when you can really step into your powers, when you start to see them as components, as part of your team, and you are that leader to lead that team. 
that's really the, the place where I come from. And with my experience with yoga, I, there is a part that's the, you know, what everyone knows is the physical practice. And, you know, having done that for, for many, many years, it was a point where I got to recognize that there is more that's being needed. It's one thing to have this body connection, but that mind connection also needs to happen. And that's why you hear this term often, the mind-body connection of having both of them be in sync. So the body itself is great. You can do a lot of things, but without, or even just on the mind level, you can do things and you, know, you can master that, but it's that combination that really needs to be given some love. Makes total sense. And this is one of the reasons um, when I think it was back in 2020, we were relaunching our business and looking at different logo options. And <laughs> intuitively, I was shown a Tripundra, uh, which has three bars, three lines to it. And I was shown intuitively that those three lines were mind, body, and spirit. So I'm glad that you touched on that. And I would love for us to do a more deeper dive in your yogic experiences because I feel like we're sitting on a gold mine here and we're just barely scratching the surface. But coming to the topic for today, what I would love to understand is, I think you, you've been... Uh, you know, you, you've set the stage really nicely so far, showing us different layers of mind. Now tell us, and you spoke about power. A lot of your work, I know, relates to power and how to kind of elevate the sense of empoweredness in us. How does this understanding of mind leads to greater personal power? All right. So let's just start with a, a practical example here where when you're in a situation and you're being called to act in a certain way or react and you know you're thinking to yourself why am i acting this way or why did i just do that or you know when you have those situations it's really the mind is on autopilot you know there, there's no or there's very little intervention in a way where you're actually consciously making a choice or a decision or an action and, you know, oftentimes that's, that's part of it. We, you know, we lead busy lives and you almost want your mind to be on autopilot at times and saying, okay, well, you take care of this so I don't have to, you know, micromanage everything. And what happens is that, you know, let's say, let's take, for, for example, the ego. When the ego jumps in and you give it full control and full autonomy, it goes and not only just tries to protect protect your identity, but it tries to protect the things that are associated with your identity. So it protects your, your fame, your status, your whatever, how much money you have or how much you're making. It protects your, your ability to look good or be seen as somebody of value. And, you know, there's all these little beliefs underlying it, but it just tries to protect you in that way where, you know, and, and that's what it does. You give it full control and the ego just goes rampant on this protection or safety of what you need to do. Or if some event happened, a fire happens or some tragic event happens, the ego is going to come in and say, okay, you need to be safe. So let's panic and let's do something that gets you into safety mode. 
And I mean, that's part of it is the ego's job to keep you safe, to keep you protected, to keep you, your identity intact. But there's another part that it's, rather than letting the ego or the, the logical mind have full reign and be in control, you co-create with it. And that's what the, the value there is, that when you co-create with the ego, with the mind, I mean, even the mind itself, I've shared in a recent post that, you know, just the mind itself, it likes to take instructions. It, it feeds on instructions on how to act. The lower mind I talked about, or not the lower, but the logical mind. And this logical mind, you can, I mean, I've had situations where when I don't feel like I have an answer, or I don't feel like I can step into the world and do something or know how to do something, I'll naturally try to find somebody who looks like they know what they're doing or you know, go to YouTube or go to Google and type in a question and look for an answer. And you know, the mind is just looking for instructions. And at that point, the mind takes those instructions and then says, oh, okay, I can do this. And then it goes ahead and then you feel, and that's where most people feel like, oh, okay, I don't have the answer. I'm gonna go ask somebody who does and you know, it makes it easier. But there is this other ability that you have of really reaching back and accessing a part of you that can find answers, that are able to really give you a, uh, a power that you might have thought you don't have. Aha, uh -huh, okay. So I guess what you're saying, Matash, is that in moments, kind of the example you gave, in moments when we don't have our answers, we naturally look for answers outside of us. And in that process, we give our power away by putting someone else on pedestal saying that you have my answer. And that is what cuts us from our own accessing our own personal power. Whereas if we have the awareness of, you know, this helplessness, I don't know what I should be doing. I am not capable of doing X, Y, Z. If we recognize that this is coming from our, um, my, our, our ego, right? And not from that wisdom part of us, this uh, buddhi part of us that you talked about, uh, we won't have our own answers. I, I guess what you're trying to say is that our answers are in the wisdom part of our brain and can be accessed if we not get into the impulse of looking for that answers outside of us. Is that what you're really? Uh, somewhat like that. Well, not necessarily in our brain, okay. but also being open to, as, as the work that you do, the intuitive part of you where you're accessing beyond your brain. You're accessing this universal wisdom or your, this universal uh, part that you might say it's outside of you, but it's still within you, this, this universalism. So yeah, it, the brain in a sense, but also you know, really tuning in to uh, this higher part of you. You know, Matesh, if they had me <laughs> as a yogi, as a yogini in the system, I would totally add that. Um, where people think, you know, intuition is a siddhi that you develop, but intuition is part of you. So kind of the four layers that you talked about, I would totally add 
maybe two more layers. And one is the buddhi, the wisdom of you in the human body, the buddhi or wisdom of your soul, and the buddhi and wisdom of the entire cosmos. So that's how I would redo this. But, you know, I was not recruited to, <laughs> to do it in this way. Yeah, and I mean, there's no... There's no limit here. I mean, absolutely, you can rewrite the history books, rewrite the Yoga Sutras, and you know, we'll we'll give you some sainthood title, and <laughs> and, and uh, you know, people will remember you for for millions of years. So, but yes, it is it is something that is to recognize. I mean, you can close your eyes at a family gathering and know exactly who's talking. Know that if it's your brother, know if it's your mom, know if it's your wife, if it's your kid, or if your dog, or if, you're, if the TV, or whatever. But you can close your eyes, you can, you can identify. So a lot of people come to me and say, well, I don't know what voice that would be. And what I say is that it takes some practice. Just like, you know, when you meet somebody, you may not necessarily recognize their voice in the first try, but after a while, it's like, oh, yes, that's that voice, that's that voice, that's that voice. And similarly, it's the voice of your mind, or within, you know, whether it's the logical mind, the buddhi, the, the memory speaking, the ego speaking. And I'll talk a little bit about the buddhi because I feel like that's like this, like what is that place? And uh, the first time somebody mentioned it to me, they said booty, and I was like, what is booty? I'm like, I know what booty means, but not in the context that you're talking about. <laughs> but, and then I realized it was buddhi, and I was like, oh, okay, okay, that's what you meant. So um, just a little aside there, but it was, the, the buddhi is, is almost like your, uh, your leader within your organization. So you can consider your awareness to be the CEO. You know, it's kind of just looking out high level or maybe on like a board member, right? It's like kind of looking out and seeing what's going on. And then the buddhi becomes this CEO or leader of your mind. And what it does is that it takes in everything. And this is where that mindfulness practice comes in handy is that it takes in, you know, who's speaking right now? What is the urgency right now? What it needs to be acted upon? What, based on my innermost wisdom, does need to happen right now? And it overrides the ego, it overrides the mind, it overrides the memories, and it really makes a conscious choice or conscious decision or having a conscious answer into the world. And that's the key, is not to get so caught up in all the different voices, you hear them, of course you hear them, and they're saying, you know, we need this, we need that. But just like, you know, the ultimate decision is up to a CEO or the manager or the leader within an organization, same way is the, the buddhi that goes in. And it's really starting from a place of neutrality. And that's where the buddhi can help, is that it looks, it's a discernment tool. It's your piece of... I see it this way, I see it that way, and I also see the middle. And in this moment, what is that best course of action for this being here, or for me? This is game-changing, Mitesh. And I, I can't tell you how many times, probably hundreds and thousands of times, I have worked with clients too. And... 
before going to meetings, before making decisions, before deciding what to do, where to go, who to talk to, take a moment to pull your focus back, pull your awareness back to you and really sit with this and make a choice on what feels most aligned with you. I think that is game changing to relationships, to how you show up in your workplace, how you manage teams, how you make these big decisions that involve, I don't even know, you know, billions of dollars or, or these little decisions that impact you're in the entire world of little kids, you know, as parents, it impacts everything. And it is game changing to really realign to that degree. So this is great. Now, tell me, Mitesh, for someone to, first of all, let me just back up and say, this is absolutely brilliant piece of information that you pulled together today. Is this wisdom helpful for people who practice mindfulness over the years? Can anybody jump in? You know, what if people have a hard time differentiating what is the mind, you know, the wisdom part of them, or what is the ego? Like, where do people get started with this? Yeah, it it does take some practice, a mindfulness practice does help, and really listening. And it's not 100%, but it, it is just listening to, the, to the, the, the trends or the themes that are happening or the voices that are happening in your mind where, let's put it this way, your mind has given you such a model, this whole mind of like how an organization really needs to, to happen, how leadership really needs to work. You know, you have your... your logical mind who's always about let's take action let's do this let's do this let's do this or you know how do i do this how do i do this right it needs some guidance but it it, it, it's a great worker it does what it needs to do when you have the right instructions it's going to to do it really well and then there's the the ego which is more like hey let's protect us let's uh you know let's we need to be safe we need to protect ourselves and and so you listen for that voice and saying okay is this a protective voice is this something that's wanting to to save me from something or to you know, have me react emotionally in some way or it's being influenced by the emotions in such a way that it needs to do some protection? Or is it something that, you know, past history where your memories are bringing up or you're, you know, something that whether it's even trauma or even, you know, a joyful experience or whatever it might be, something that is being brought up from the past. And you start to look at these little patterns of what's really speaking here. And all of them are providing you information. They're all helping you in the data gathering process. And then it's up to that buddhi part of you, that discernment part of you to really say, okay, knowing all that I know and seeing with my senses everything that's happening, here's the action that I need to take. And you don't have to have the right answer. It's okay. you know, as I've said before here is that, you know, the universe has this autocorrect feature where even if you feel like you've taken the right answer and you go off astray, it's going to help autocorrect in a way that it'll bring more experiences which help you to lead to where you want to go ultimately. Yeah, that's very helpful. Thank you for 
reorienting us and helping us get started. I will just ask one last question. What, you know, we are the, um, we like our whole life is really about our habits. What if it's so hard to detach from these habits that have been established for all these years of our lives? Like I'm 41, Matesh. <laughs> And it's like really hard to change. I mean, I love changes, but not everybody loves changes. Um, tell us if we are if we're feeling this internal resistance. Tell us where do we begin? Yeah, you begin with just this idea of all right. I want to find peace in my mind, and the reason why we don't find peace. In within ourselves or within our space is because these things are going unchecked. The mind, the ego, the, the memories, they're all going unchecked and it's just causing a lot of distress. And, you know, there comes a point where that the pain of that is greater than, or sorry, the, the, the pain of not wanting that is so great that you have to find a way to get out of that. And, and that's the key, is that some people will have a high tolerance for that pain and saying, you know, it doesn't make a big difference. I'll just, you know, live with it. I'll do something. I'll, you know, find this product or this medication or this practice and it'll, it's going to help. But ultimately, it just comes to how much you have that inner desire for that peace, that sense of uh, wanting that peace. And that's the place to start is having that place of, I, I need this for myself. And then you can start to listen and observe. And it takes, that's the part that takes a little bit of refinement. Like I said earlier, you know, just recognizing those voices, it's not going to happen overnight. But you start to see the patterns. And those patterns are the, the breadcrumbs for you to, to start understanding. And then once you do that, you, you hit a gold mine because now, you don't get swayed by other influences so much. You don't get swayed by recent trends. You don't get swayed by panic. You just know that you are safe. You are in a state of peace. And taking action from a place of peace is so much more powerful than action that is unconscious. Yeah, thank you so much, Matesh. Um, and, and I will offer that. There's no, nothing wrong in taking medications or following recent trends, but I think what you're, um, what you're really uh, expressing is that really doing that from the space of feeling power, uh, empowered within ourselves from the place of confidence, not from the place of filling any gaps or holes, but from the place of playing and loving and just enjoying life. So thank you, Matesh, for being with us today. It is truly, <laughs> truly uh, a delight to really have you on these podcasts, to really ask these questions, <laughs> hardball questions. I hope they are, <laughs> they're not as easy. Well, they are kind of easy for you. But anyhow, it's, it's a joy to have you on this podcast and hear your wisdom. We're loving it. So we're going to keep it flowing. 
And thank you to everyone who has been listening to this, whether you catch this live or you catch this at another point. Do connect with us. Let us know how this episode relates with you. Would you like to hear more on the topic of mind? Would you like to hear more around yogic wisdom? Would you like to hear more about what Mitash did <laughs> in his yogic adventures? Let us know and we will make it happen. Um, connect with us we are um, we have created a free facebook group called spiritual alignment collective and we would love to have you be a part of our soul family so we can interact more connect with you more you know answer questions support you in other ways we are here for you thank you so much have a wonderful day